Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children, stop walking on eggshells, and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. Hi everybody, I'm Megan Thompson with Megan Thompson Coaching and I wanted to talk today about how to help your child build resiliency and how to shift the dynamic if your child seems typically unhappy or struggles with maintaining happiness or positivity or a um, positive outlook on life. So what I wanted to address today is this, what drove me to to address this issue is that I was on the phone with a teenager the other day and she and I were discussing whether or not we'd be a good fit to work together and we talked about her goals and, and what she wanted to accomplish. And she said to me that happiness is an illusion. Now, this is a a highly sensitive teen, and that broke my heart. (laughs) Um, I I was stuck in hearing that, but not stuck because I know that there's uh, a way out, but stuck stuck for her. Um, in, in her feeling with her, because I think in that moment, she was so certain that happiness is an illusion. And we, we got to discuss that and it shifted her belief on that. But her perception that she can't have what she wants in life, happiness, is trapped in, um, in this belief that we don't get what we want in life. And when we think about our kids and how we want to raise our children and how you want to raise your highly sensitive child to go for their dreams and go after their, you know, any challenge, creatively problem solve, anything that comes their way, reach out to you when they need help. All of the qualities of a resilient child, a resilient teenager, a resilient adult, we have to identify what drives that behavior. What drives those actions that somebody has to take in order to solve their problems? Because it's, I can tell you one thing, it's not just telling them that they can do it, that they're okay. Um, And we've talked about that before and I'll cover it again, I'm sure. But I think it's important to note that here today, what we're talking about is how to help your child build resiliency by first identifying and understanding why your child is not generally happy and what you can do to fix that. And maybe what you're doing, what like what you're possibly doing to perpetuate it. And so we want to talk about this. And when I was talking to that teenager and and her perception, part of part of the reason why she was stuck in this was because that she because she saw that her parents weren't happy. She said, "Well, you know, happiness is an illusion." She, she I asked her what she wanted. What what goal did she want to accomplish in our work together? She said, "Well, I want to feel more happy." And then she immediately took it back and said, well, happiness is an illusion. 
And I think it's very important for us to, as adults, to be aware of the lessons that we teach our children and the lessons that we teach children in general. Because if our children turn into teenagers who then believe that happiness is an illusion, then we're in a big, big bit of trouble here. And it's important for us to be aware of the lesson that you're teaching your child before they hit the preteen or the teenage age, that if they cannot go for their dreams or they cannot solve their own problems, then they cannot be happy. And therefore, happiness is an illusion. It's this star in the sky that they will just be able to look at and dream about but never actually obtain and attain. I think that's very important and, and why this conversation with that teenager just uh, drove me to speak to you guys about this today because part of her, her, um, her reasoning behind it was because she saw that her parents weren't happy. And when we identify that, and let me know that you're here, when we see, I want you to clearly check your own beliefs about happiness. Do you believe that you are able, capable, and that it's possible to enjoy your life most of the time, the general large vicinity of the time that you experience your life? Can it be happy? Can it be positive? Can it be um, pleasurable and enjoyable? Or do you tell yourself that you have to work hard and that life is tough and that you have to suck it up and that happiness is an illusion? Or if you're stuck so much in a rut right now and potentially because of your struggle to manage your child's meltdowns and, and big emotions, that happiness seems like a fleeting moment and that breeds resentment for your family members or your co-parent if you guys aren't on the same page with parenting your child. And it's important to uh, be aware of that and to take a clear picture of what your perception of happiness is and whether or not you're on the path to achieve it. Because if you're not, then your child is picking up on that, especially your highly sensitive kid. And they're noticing that they could potentially not achieve this themselves. And this is how highly sensitive kids lose hope. They lose hope because they try and they see the big, vast possibility of the world because of their big, vast, beautiful brains and hearts. And then when they don't reach it, it's like a smack to the face. And that experience is devastating. And when it happens over and over and over again for them, they lose hope and they get stuck in negativity. That life just can't turn out the way they want. And if you, as their guide, their rock, I had one parent I was coaching the other day talk about being her child's port of safety. I love that. Port of safety. Um, and if you are that for your child and you are wavering and you are stuck and you don't have the tools to help them move out of those um, choppy waters of their emotions, then how do they hold hope that they are capable? And I have to ask that for you and you have to ask that for yourself. Because if we're focusing on building resilient children, if we're focusing on building resilient, highly sensitive children, then we have to be aware of our own perception of what's possible in the world and how fast we can shift our own reality. And if the, the shift we're trying to make, whether that be that we love our children wholeheartedly without resentment, 
whether that be that we feel like we have a strategic plan to change the relationship we have with our kid, whether that be that we are clear in understanding our child's emotions and clear in being able to communicate that to our child and clear in being able to teach our child what to do with those emotions once they identify them themselves, then we can feel certain that we can change their own reality and, and we can feel certain that we can change our own reality. And if we're not set up with that structure and that plan and that and support to, to do it, then we often lose hope ourselves and that's how our highly sensitive kids end up losing hope. And we get stuck in this negativity loop right around with them. And the sense of feeling like your kiddo can't keep it together is perpetuated by your own action in the same hamster wheel cycle. And when that happens, we see this sense of, of stuckness coming from you, whether that be trying to um, use strategies that aren't strategic or using um, you know, calm down skills with your child who is struggling to implement them and across various aspects of their life. Maybe they can do it in one place, but they can't do it in all other avenues. But you're you know, saying, well, you know, you know how to do it, so why aren't you doing it everywhere else? And that might not be how you're talking to your kid, but it's the message that your highly sensitive kid hears because they are prone to shame. And we know this about the highly sensitive kid's brain and the highly sensitive person's brain. It is more prone to shame. And so when things don't work the way that they want, they immediately go to, what's wrong with me? Why am I not enough? And your child then starts to feel incapable. And capability comes from the parent's example. The parent's example to go for what they want, to be resourceful, to get for what they want, to know exactly what it's going to take in order to reach the top of that mountain and to get there and to know that it's inevitable, to not waver or say, well, this is hard and, you know, suck it up, or I'm sorry that this is tough, hang in there, mom, and you say this to yourself, and then you end up saying it to your peers, and this is the whole reason why you're stuck, because you have this perception as a parent that happiness is an illusion, that you cannot reach it, that you have to struggle, and when that's the case, then you end up waiting for somebody else to solve your problems for you, or for something magical to happen, or for your kid to grow up and figure it out themselves. But this is the lesson that I want to implore you with. I got on that phone with this 18-year-old highly sensitive kid, and they said to me that happiness is an illusion, and the reason was because their parents weren't happy and they didn't have the skills, and nobody had the skills in the household to solve this problem. And it just kept on going year after year. And so while these struggles might change from putting socks on in the morning to changing your clothes between soccer and, and getting to the shower to doing your homework a week ahead instead of, you know, tackling that project the night before that keeps you up till 10 and, and then till 11 and, and midnight when your kid is, is uh, in elementary or, or early middle school. The challenge is the same, that your child struggles to creatively problem solve and they are escaping their negative emotions and they're doing it by meltdowns 
or they're doing it by uh, avoiding the situation. They're doing it because, you know, because they're stuck in this irritability or negativity loop that, that nothing will work out the way that they have to, that they can do it themselves or that uh, it's somebody else's fault. And the reason behind that is because you have to take significant different action than what you've been doing. So if you feel like when your kid was three, you're doing the same thing, but addressing a different problem, then your approach isn't working and you have to try something different. And if that's the case, then you have to decide that you will no longer let your current circumstances dictate your future. Because if you're trying to identify right now what the problem is at this point, and you're seeing that the, the tunnel vision that you have at this point is maybe your kid is not doing their homework. And I know it's the last day of school, so my example is irrelevant. Your kid's not going to camp. <laughs> How about that? Um, your kid's not getting ready on, to camp on time, and they're going to be late, and they don't know if they want to do it. Um, and um, they're not sure if the counselors are going to be okay, or they're, they're worried about whether or not they're going to be able to walk into the lake, or if there's going to be slimy stuff in the lake, or if they'll have to be expected to... Put on a performance at the end for all of the parents to see. If your child is frozen in those intense emotions during new experiences and your go-to is to do the same thing you did for them when they went to school last year or when they returned from, from winter break and they still have continuous meltdowns, then you're using the same strategy to solve a different problem and that is the problem. And so when that sticks for you and you recognize it, you can then identify that you as your child's parent are the very example that has to teach resiliency for your child and you have to take that leap. You have to be the one that says, I'm stuck in a loop and I need to change and I need to, to identify what's not working and how I can circumvent this pattern. And so if your typical pattern is to cast a wide net and ask for a ton of resources and then dabble with different responses, or if, you're, if your typical uh, response is to Google all of the things and then try a couple and then see if they work for a couple weeks, uh, or if your typical response is to reassure your child that everything's going to be okay or to help your child um, by, by taking things off their plate and, and then later second-guessing yourself, thinking that you're enabling them or dealing with your spouse who's telling you that you're enabling your child, then this is the pattern that you're stuck in. And quite frankly, you also believe that happiness is an illusion. Because if you don't have a clear system and you're not certain how to solve this problem for yourself, then there's something behind that that is preventing you from seeking outside of your current mirror, your current viewpoint. And I would encourage you to get introspective and encourage you to, to really take a clear look at what you can do for your child as your child's parent to foster resiliency. Because when, when parents get on the phone with me and they talk about the challenges, they talk a lot about how they are they work hard and they put um, you know that they, they work hard to provide for their child and and they were raised to um, you know to be successful and they want their child to be successful too, whether that be in a career that they choose or in school, successful in relationships. 
and resiliency is key for this. You cannot be successful if you don't know how to bend and bob and weave. And, um, and without that skill, your child will not be able to solve their problems creatively. And that is the key as well to resiliency. You have to be able to, to be flexible. You have to be able to creatively solve your own problems. You have to be able to reach out for help and, and um, be humble enough to identify that it's maybe something that, that you need to identify a change in order to take feedback from other people. And highly sensitive kids really struggle with a lot of those things. And the big part around that is that they are, are looped in this negativity, that they can't see anything else outside of what's here in front of them. And so they might have big dreams and goals and create creative um, ideas of how things will go, but then when they don't go the way that they expect, the wall gets shut. It's like a guillotine. Their goals are just shut. And it's devastating for the, your child and it's devastating for parents to watch this. Wait a minute, I work so hard to teach my child that they can have anything they want in the world. But if your child hears that lesson from you, but doesn't see you doing the same thing for yourself, like wanting a peaceful home and not taking massive action to achieve it, then your child is getting mixed messages and they're going to watch your actions more than your words. Uh, and they're going to, at 18, when they're reaching out for help by themselves, say, happiness is an illusion. My parents don't have it. I don't think I can have it either. And so if this is something that you are not willing to experience and you do not want to continue on this loop and perpetuate this loop for your child, then I would encourage you to reach out to speak with me about what you can do differently to shift that dynamic in your household, how you can change this pattern of solving problems that hasn't quite gotten you the results that you've been looking for. And so if you haven't watched my masterclass, be sure to do that. And if you have, then I encourage you to get on the call because the, those are the steps that you need to take in order to find what will work for your family, identify how to get clear on building that resiliency, implementing those steps that I talked about over the, the course of this conversation and moving forward and teaching your child how to manage their own emotions, how to reach out for support and how to creatively solve their problems. Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson. And we look forward to speaking to you soon.